plastic surgery. Let's talk about it. This is one of those topics that I feel like is taboo to talk about because I almost feel like people don't want to talk about it because they don't want people to know that they've had something done because then other people will know that they can go do the same thing and maybe look better or look different or get themselves on the same level as someone who might have had something done who looks like absolutely amazing like what are your secrets oh you know I'm just taking really good care of my skin or whatever the case may be and it totally reminds me of when Kylie Jenner started getting all her work done and she continuously lied about it when you have millions and millions of people paying attention to you first of all that's just not a good idea most of us are not in that scenario But I do think that there is a conversation around plastic surgery that we need to have. So I'm going to talk through all of it today. I'm also going to share the first cosmetic procedure I had at maybe the age of 9 or 10. Yes, you heard that right, the age of 9 or 10. So let's talk about all things plastic slash cosmetic surgery. I'll give pricing info where I can, where I go for certain things, and generally... I just think that we just need to talk about this as women more and honestly even as men anyone who's ever had any work done let's talk about it let's break the stereotypes about this being taboo everyone has done something honey we can tell so let's just get it out there buckle up Plastic slash cosmetic surgery, let's talk about it. I feel like I'm now at the place where I can tell if someone has had something done just by looking at their face. I have always been someone who has been obsessed with skincare, wrinkles, and just honestly the pure texture of people's skin. When I was 17 or 18, I started using wrinkle cream as protection for my own skin knowing that I'm pretty pale naturally I don't tan I don't have much melanin in my skin I am all about spray tanning and using fake tanning so that I don't do more harm than good to my skin I was already noticing that I was getting you know some smile lines and some wrinkles around my eyes And a few of those things really bothered me. Like it would literally impact my mood because I hated it so much. And now that I've had things done multiple times and I actually have a place where I go, and this is pretty much the only place that I go, I see the same person every single time I go now. Those are things that I I feel like I just have this knowledge now because I can more easily tell. I'm someone who when I meet people also or when I see people frequently, I really take in what they look like and I don't do it in a bad way or a judgmental way it's just something that I'm really digesting you know your energy your information and also just your looks like that's just something that's the very first thing that you see outwardly when you're actually engaging with someone else so questions I think it's really funny because I feel like people don't want to talk about what they get done which I already mentioned to you I do feel like when I first maybe got something done. I was absolutely not interested in talking about it at all because I kind of felt the way that I said that I feel like people might feel when they get something done and they don't want people to know about it. And what I mean by that is that 
I wanted it to be subtle enough that I knew about it and where people thought that I might have like, look, maybe she did, maybe she didn't. But now I've just come to the realization like everyone has done something and if you haven't, you're going to most likely at some point in time. And also I just don't really give a shit anymore. Like I think kind of, I think now it's a little bit obvious that I've had things done and not like in a, in the sense that I've gone above and beyond and it's like, you know, I'm unrecognizable, but I have definitely tweaked a few things that made me feel self-conscious and now I feel much better about myself. And I think that this is just one of those things that it's so personal. It is totally your decision to A, talk about it and to B, do it and go after whatever the hell you want if it's going to make you feel better. I feel the same exact way about things like breast enhancement or augmentations or, you know, any of those things. The more that I've looked into things like mommy makeovers, however, the more I've become really aware of the invasiveness of certain procedures like liposuction that I really just don't agree with. And that's led me down this total rabbit hole of other procedures that aren't nearly as invasive. And I was listening to a podcast recently that was actually discussing some of the cosmetic procedures that are out there today, some that are new on the market, but they've new quote unquote to the market because it's not as widely adopted as something say like liposuction. But liposuction was one of the topics and it was, this visual has not left my mind when one of the doctors was talking about liposuction, the tool that they use for liposuction literally being a cheese grater on a stick. And that has really scarred me (laughs) and my mind when I think about, okay, if I wanted to ever undergo, you know, quote unquote, the knife to do something for my body where I'm having some stubborn fat or my hormones really are just not allowing my metabolism to work in the same way in which it once did. You know, there are options for me out there based on what I'm really willing to spend and what my problem areas are and really, you know, how heavily they're impacting me. So that was something that I just have not been able to get out of my mind. So looking into other options that are not nearly that invasive, that don't require you to go under anesthesia, which scares me more now being a mom than it did before I was a mom just because you know, there are certain cases and, uh, you know, you need to be mindful about researching the doctors that you're going to, all of those things. It takes a lot of time and energy to look into those things. And I have not taken all the time and energy that I probably would when I might be more ready to actually undergo something because right now I'm in the exploratory phase. I'm likely done with having kids, although I'll never say never, but I am, now that I've been at a fitness routine for a while and I'm not seeing some of the changes that I might have wanted to see, I definitely think that there are some things that I can do to improve, you know, my physical, A, well-being, but also just outwardly my physical appearance. So I think that I need to try some of those things before I immediately just go and say, okay, let's spend thousands and thousands of dollars to do some of these procedures when I don't know that that's 100% necessary. But... I do want to talk about what people get done most regularly and also what I've gotten done, where I went to get things done, why I did certain things, and I'll give you an estimate based on cost for, you know, as best as I can because I probably need to be paying more attention to the fees for some of these things, but I'm kind of used to it at this point where it's around a certain amount every single time when I go based on what I'm getting done. So for instance, I started doing Botox around like 26. And I think that the first time I ever went, I did like two to four units, which was literally nothing. 
but it was completely preventative, like right in between my eyebrows where you see a lot of people where they start to get what they call like the 11. So those are kind of like the anger lines where it looks like your brows are really furrowed together and because of that it creates two lines next to each brow which basically ends up looking like two number ones or an 11. Um, so that is the first spot that I got Botox at. There used to be, I think at that time it was like $8 a unit so it was super cheap, like under $100. And that at the time to me still felt like a lot of money to be spending on something cosmetic, like to be spending on something like my face. So I think now it is a lot more expensive. And at the time I went to this super small boutique um, in the Bay Area, which was super close to my house at the time. I still live in that similar vicinity, but I have found a new place that I went through a friend years ago, maybe, let's see. This had to be almost seven years ago now. So I think at 27, after one of my girlfriends got married, me and one of her other bridesmaids were hanging out around the holidays and she had an appointment at one at her provider, Art of Beauty in Danville. And so I said, hey, I wanna go with you. I ended up going with her and that was the first time that I ever got lip injections. And it definitely hurt and I was so scared because I thought that it would completely I don't know what I thought but I knew that I wanted it and that I was interested in moving forward with it this is definitely not a scenario where it was like it was forced upon me it was more of a a window of opportunity because she had an appointment and I asked you know hey would I be able to come with her and if I decided to do something would that be possible they said absolutely of course this was before COVID so there really wasn't an impact in terms of how many people could come with you to your appointment which now I would assume that they have some um, guidelines around and also, I think, potentially some sort of privacy things around. But at the time, it wasn't a big deal for me to come with her, go in with her during her appointment, and then she stayed in during my follow-up appointment right afterwards <clears throat> when I did my filler for the first time. So I have had Botox and filler. Those are the only two things that I have done on my face. Wear is a totally different story, and I'll talk about some of the reasons. One thing that used to bother the hell out of me in college and this I don't know if this is going to be controversial to some people or not because it's I would be having so much fun at night and smiling non-stop but I felt like my smile lines were so significant that it looked like I had taken a red cup and sucked it to my face and then removed it where it's like I had a circle all the way around my face where my smile lines were like when I stopped smiling they were still there and they were completely indented in my face so it made me feel like I looked old. My makeup would always crease there where I would feel like I would have to like use my finger and kind of rub the line to blend the makeup again because my creases were so significant there that it was literally creating a dent in my face. That was something that I was incredibly self-conscious about and maybe people noticed, maybe no one noticed, maybe I was the only one that noticed anything. But regardless, it made me feel self-conscious. So I talked to my RN about it and basically just asked like, what can I do about this? I'm very, very self-conscious. And she recommended that we could use some filler, which is you can utilize, if you're going to do something like lip filler, for instance, but you definitely don't want to use the entire syringe, which you absolutely by no means have to, that you can either say, I would like to use the whole syringe, but I don't want to put it all on my lips because I fear that they'll be too big. And so we put some in my smile lines and then we did a little bit underneath my eyes. I will never do filler underneath my eyes again though because I do feel like 
the more you add underneath your eyes, the smaller that they appear. And I do have relatively big eyes and I wanna keep that aesthetic. I really like that look for myself. So I kind of feel like since I did filler once under the eyes, it kind of has made it almost as like, the more you plump underneath, the smaller the pocket between your eyelid and the underneath your eye gets because you're adding oomph to it. So it's just basically increasing its size. And so because of that, I've never done filler in my under eye again, even though sometimes when I go, she says you probably could use a little filler. It's looking like a little bit dull underneath there. It's looking a little bit hollow, but I don't care because I don't want to do filler under my eye again. Um, so I have done filler in my lips, on my smile lines and underneath my eyes. I have also at one point in time used a little bit of the filler that I didn't use. I think I used some on my cheekbones, but like just a little bit. But one thing that is so interesting to me is that right now there's this huge trend around bugle fat removal. And that's basically when you take like a melon baller underneath your cheekbones and like Zoe Kravitz, Bella Hadid, those are some celebrities that have actually had this surgery. And basically what it does is it makes your cheekbones look super defined. So there's a pro and a con because it it removes some stubborn fat that you might kind of have where you look a little bit puffy or a little bit swollen, which I tend to feel like I have, but I don't know that this would be a good procedure for me necessarily. But the, so the benefit is that it makes you look totally chiseled and like you have this goddess face with these beautiful cheekbones. The downside is that for some who have a more thin face or an elongated face, if you do this procedure, you can actually end up looking a lot older because it removes all of the extra fat from your face. So if you lose additional weight, you can end up looking a little bit hollow and almost gaunt, which is not a good look. So if that's something that interests you, I would 100% look into that. When it comes to Botox, I've gotten Botox on my smile line, so like my crow's feet right on the side of my eyes. I've gotten Botox in between my eyebrows and then I've gotten Botox on my forehead. One thing that I also did most recently, so I had gone to my provider and I had told her that I wanted to do a little bit more lip filler, but she actually told me, you know, you don't need any more. Otherwise, I think you're going to look how you don't want to look. And so I was very thankful. I'm very thankful that I have that relationship with her where she can tell me like, hey, I understand that you want this, but here's why like I'm not going to do that for you today because you don't need it and because you're going to end up looking like a duck. And I know that that's aesthetically something that you don't want to look like. So I just said, okay, totally trust your opinion there. Like then let's not do it. And what we ended up doing is a lip flip instead. So a lip flip is basically where you use some Botox right above your lip and underneath your nose. And what it does is it dulls one of the muscles above your upper lip. So instead of being able to have your, um, so instead of your lip being more elongated, it actually kind of allows those muscles to tug in a different way where it makes it almost look like your top lip is kind of flipped up instead of having to like pull it up yourself with the muscle. So that's something that we did. I, to be honest, I, I haven't, and I'm looking at myself in a mirror right now because I'm in my office and there's a huge mirror next to, you know, on this wall next to me. I haven't really noticed the biggest impact from that. So it might not have been worth it, but if you, let's say that you wanted to go and do Botox like I did a few months ago, which I did, I did above my eyebrows, so like at the top of my forehead line, right where your hairline goes. I did it in between my eyebrows and on the side of my eyes. I spent about $374, I think. So I don't remember exactly how many units I used, but for me, that's like a typical 
once I go and I usually go once every six months or so except when I have kids when I was breastfeeding and when I was pregnant obviously I couldn't go so I've gone twice since my son was born and he's 18 months so that gives you like a timeline do I think that I probably could have gone a little bit more in between yeah like maybe but also no like I actually felt like when I was done nursing I didn't honestly really need to go but I just kind of wanted to because that's just one of those self-care things that makes me feel a little bit better I don't feel like I'm overdoing it I don't feel like it looks like I've had a ton of things done because that is the one thing that you want to avoid you want to be able to still look completely like yourself in my opinion but you want to just kind of look like maybe you're a little bit fresher you have a little bit more you know oomph to your face a little bit more collagen because that's one thing that we end up losing really quickly as we age is collagen in our face so I think you have to weigh the the pros and the cons but the reason why I have kept up with it a number one I started it to be preventative now I feel like I'm in I'm almost at my mid-30s so it's something that I just want to be mindful of but I also want to be mindful you know I try to focus on being the most holistic that I can generally I'm totally into plant-based things I'm into holistic wellness but I think one thing that I've been hearing a lot of influencers talking about and one thing that I try to also keep in mind for myself is like the benefit of the 80-20 rule I will try 80% of the time to be you know as health conscious as possible and 20% of the time I'm probably gonna go wild I think right now I'm more like at a 60-40 and I need to get back to that 80-20 so that's something that's been top of mind for me for a while, but last night I kind of had this epiphany around it. Um, so my point of saying this is that this, these sorts of things to me would fall on that 20%. It's like when I need to, it can be considered like when I need to let loose or do some self-care, that might mean drinking wine, it might mean doing a few things to take care of myself, getting a facial, like some of those things that, you know, I guess getting a facial wouldn't fall under the 20%, that would fall more under the 80%, but because it's like not natural and it's basically a toxin, that's why I just wanted to put this call out there because I think it's important to do your research. One of the things that is the biggest PSA that I will say here, if you are concerned about the price for any of these sort of things, you're going to have to stomach it because the worst possible thing that you can do is pay for these services with a discount. And what I mean by that is if you see a Groupon or some sort of a Yelp deal, like book an appointment and save $100 on your Botox, I would never take that up. It is very intriguing to think like, oh, great, that's a nice savings. Or I wonder how much that would equate to if I were to actually go and do a full like face of Botox or something. I would never, ever, ever take up those offers especially if it is something to do with your face once you once your face is like botched it is so hard to go back from that and you will spend so much energy and time and money trying to fix something that could have easily been avoided had you gone to a provider who actually is worth their salt and who has the qualifications to do things that doesn't need to put you know you pay for what you get when it comes to these sorts of things so that is something that i would absolutely keep in mind you don't want to go somewhere that has deals or discounts. And mind you, I will say that reputable providers will have things like elite dollars or what's kind of like, it's kind of like member perks per se. So every dollar spent, you kind of get a point. That's traditional. Like that is, that's something that most everywhere will have. 
Um, I think what they have now is called Alley Points, A-L-L-E, with a little um, like sideways line. It's a dash over the E, and those points basically go into like beauty bucks. Those are things that you can use and you get benefits with discounts at your providers, but it's based on whatever you're actually paying for and what you're getting that day. It's not a discount where they've put it out to anyone in the world that happens to be in the area saying like, come and see your providers because they can't book enough patients because they're not legit. This is something that it's like you're earning based on what you're actually paying at your provider. So the provider is getting money. As a result, this, you know, the company who's doing the beauty bucks is getting to see what sort of services you get because obviously there's a sharing of the information there and then you as the consumer um, or like the audience are getting a benefit of A, earning points and B, ideally cutting some money from your overall spend. That is legitimate. Anything that actually claims like get Botox for cheap, get lipo for cheap, get XYZ for cheap, filler, whatever, I would not take advantage of because that is something that I think is just way too tricky to overcome if it doesn't end up going your way and you're gonna be stuck with a bill and with some sort of something that might not honestly look very good. Okay, but enough about that. I wanna get to some of the questions that people sent in when I posted on my Instagram asking for anyone to send me their questions about cosmetic surgery, cosmetic procedures, anything that they want done. I have some really good questions, some of which I actually don't know if I know the answer to, but I'm going to respond in the way that I best know. So again, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not gonna, don't consult me for medical advice. I'm just, I really wanted to go over what I've had done and then see if anybody else had questions about like, does this hurt? What does it feel like? Especially for anyone who has a fear of needles, which my bestie does, and so that can obviously be a little bit of a fear factor. So I also want to talk a little bit about like the process of what happens when you go, you know, what does the appointment actually look like? How long does it take? You know, how long are you going to be swollen for? Best tips, etc. So one of the questions was what would cause your eyebrows to droop after Botox? So I actually had not looked into this because well, frankly, because this had never happened to me, obviously I did research before I went, but it's been a long time and I've been seeing the same provider and going to the same provider for a long time now. So my experience has always been that I found that the muscles around my eyebrows almost seem like they're pulled upwards, like elevating my brows, ultimately like making my eyes appear as if they're more open. And one of the muscles that apparently is responsible for maintaining like keeping your eyelids in their current position is called the levator muscle. And so in some instances, if you get Botox in your forehead and it can move or migrate from that injected treatment area, it can end up in that muscle. And when that occurs, because it relaxes the muscle, it can cause your eyelids to droop. So it can cause a droopy eyebrow. This is something that I think if you're concerned about something like this happening, A, I feel like this would only happen if you go to someone who really does not know what they're doing. I ask a lot of questions when I go to my appointments, like mainly because I'm really, really interested in, well, biology, one, but I'm also just interested in learning about this. Like I think if I could go back to school, this is probably where I would focus my attention. So you can ask them questions like, okay, look, let me look in the mirror and can you talk to me about you know, where you're recommending I get Botox and why? What are the muscles under there that you'll be relaxing? 
Um, how many units do you think I need? What are the potential side effects that could happen? You know, I would encourage you to ask all of those questions. You're not going to be annoying. If anything, I think your provider would be so thrilled to have someone who actually is, you know, wants to learn more about what the procedure looks like. So that is how you can get droopy eyebrows from getting Botox. Another one of my questions is, there are so many places to get Botox. So how do you know who to trust or where to go to? This is when I honestly think that like word of mouth and asking your friends, if your friends look really good and they don't look like someone from an Adam Sandler movie and you know that they've had work done, ask them where they go. I mean, I think that this might be one of those scenarios where you have to kind of play play your cards right if someone wants to really keep it hush-hush that they've had anything done. But if you have a girlfriend, guy friend, anyone who's actually like open about where they've potentially had work done, and I say work done, but I say that really vaguely because I don't personally really count this as like work done. I would say like work done is like full on body contouring mommy makeover. To me, that's like work done. I think Botox and filler is like enhancement, honestly. So I don't know. That's just my personal take. So you can call it whatever the hell you want. But I would also recommend looking online. I'm like a Yelp person, but that's primarily for like when I eat. Um, but I do also think that some of the websites are a little bit of a tell. Like have these people, like how does the website look? Do they have before and after photos? Do they have a number that you can call and ask questions? Have they won any awards in the industry? Are they going to conferences to learn about the latest and greatest procedures on the market today? Like if they're if they're open about what they're doing and how they're getting their information, the sorts of tools and new offerings that they're bringing into their into their practice, I think that that's also really important. But I kind of feel like when it comes to how do you know who to trust and where to go to, look at someone who you think looks good. Ask them where they go. Ask them who they see. See if you can get a recommendation because ultimately that's the best, that's kind of the best review that you can have is if you know that someone goes somewhere and you think that they look really good and that they don't look like they've had all of this work done, they don't look like, you know, they don't look like their face is like bumpy, which I think can happen when you get too much filler, which is why I'm not a huge filler fan on anywhere but the lips and the smile lines. So that would be my response to how do you know where to go? Um, botched, wanna hear all the horror stories. Okay, I don't have any horror stories. Knock on wood, thank the Lord because none of that has ever happened to me. However, I used to watch Botched religiously and it is absolute insanity to me what people go to, like the lengths that people go to just save a buck when they're looking to get some sort of procedure done. There's, you know, like let's fly to Turkey and do all of these procedures that's like really big in the Middle Eastern community. I just read an article on Instagram or an article that I saw from Instagram and it took me to a website where it was, basically saying that this woman met these doctors who worked in Turkey and she met them at some sort of a conference that was about like the latest and greatest technologies in cosmetic surgery. She gave them a 5,000 euro down deposit, flew out to Turkey to do her procedure. She didn't know that her doctor had changed until she looked at her bracelet on her wrist and no one had told her, hey, by the way, the doctor that you had done your virtual um, that you'd done your virtual consultation with, he's actually, he or she, I don't know what it was, 
is actually no longer available. So you're going to be seeing this person. She ended up getting septis, sepsis and literally almost died. So I would say, A, if someone is offering you a super great deal, it's likely not actually a good deal to take up. You're going to have to pay, like you pay for what you get, which is what I said earlier. So I, I, I mean, I think I don't want to scare anyone, but you do want to do your damn research. You want to look at their social medias. You want to Google the name. You want to, if you're really one of those people that's worst case scenario, Google their name and Google lawsuit. Like, you know, Google those things that would make you feel more comfortable if you saw, okay, this person has nothing negative against them that I can find online. And if that makes you feel better, great. Go about that. Okay, next question is, what is the best lip filler? Now, this I think um this I think is a little bit up to you. So I've had both Restylane and Juvederm. I've done Restylane Silk and so both of these fillers are FDA approved. So it's hard to know which one is like the right one for you. So they're both hyaluronic acid-based lip fillers. So and they come in a variety of like formulas, quote unquote. So basically based on whatever your aesthetic goals are, you know, and the more dramatic you want the results, the longer you want the results to last. So one thing to keep in mind is that the thicker the formula, the less soft and flexible the injected areas will be. So Restylane Silk and like Juvederm Volbella, which I've also done, those are more of the thinner gels. So they're both designed to provide more of like a subtle enhancement to the lips without adding like super dramatic volume. So if your lips have, you know, if you have just naturally very thin lips or if your lips have thinned due to age, it can give you like better size and proportions, but it won't give you like that, the Kylie Jenner pout, which is like, you know, the big lips, if that's what you're looking for. So those, these are also really good for um, like creating more natural looking proportions in your lips. Um, and they're also good for treating some of those like smoker lines that develop around the lips. If you have those, so, like if you drink out of straws frequently or if you're a smoker or for me, like I don't have those lines, but this, I used my filler when I got filler, um, when I got one of these, I don't remember what one, that's kind of terrible, um, in my smile lines. There are others that is called, so Juvederm Ultra XC, and then there's Ultra Plus XC. And both of these formulas are thicker than the other two I mentioned. So Restylane Silk and Juvederm Volbella. They're much thicker than those. So um, I actually think that like the Kardashians and the Jenners used, or at some point used the Juvederm Ultra XC for like the pillowy lips, but that also means that they're not gonna, to me, they're not going to look as natural. They're going to look a little bit harder. So it's like a thicker gel, but you're not going to necessarily get, it's, it's gonna, it's not apples to apples, but it's, you're going to have like a harder looking lip is the best way that I can describe it. So the two that I traditionally get, Restylane Silk and Juvederm Volbella, they last about like three to six months for Restylane Silk and Juvederm is from like six months to a year, depending on where it goes. And those are the two that I get, but also it's super, super important to keep in mind that there are a variety of factors that will kind of weigh in on how 
your body develops this. It's interesting. I have a very slow metabolism, but I feel like I metabolize Botox and the hyaluronic acid fillers really, really quickly. So also when it comes to like pricing, Juvederm for some reason is a little bit less than Resilin, like unit for unit. So for me, I think the one that I've been doing is Volbella and it, since it can last up to like maybe twice as long, um, and it's a little bit softer, that's probably the one that I would recommend. But again, I think that that's kind of something that you have to ask your provider. And also when you ask them, they should be able to tell you all of the benefits and also say like, based on your lip shape, based on what you're looking for, do you want to really enhance your lip volume? And in doing so, like, do you want something that you might be able to metabolize a little bit quicker if you don't like it? If so, then you might want to go for Restylane because it'll digest in your body a little bit faster because it will digest in your body. Like none of this is 100% permanent. You're going to have to keep it up or maintain it if it's if it's a look that you like. Okay, um, last question is, what are the best lasers for hyperpigmentation and anti-aging? So I have not done a ton of laser treatment to be totally honest and that's because the majority of time when I'm going to get facials has been when I'm pregnant or when I'm nursing. So you're not allowed to do certain laser treatments when you're nursing. It's just not recommended and no one is going to take the chance and test it on someone when it's not something that anyone, it's, it's like Botox. You're not supposed to get it when you're nursing or when you're pregnant because no one knows what could happen to your baby. That's, you know, does it pass through the breast milk? It's a, it's a little bit of a similar situation. So hyperpigmentation is something that I actually have developed since my pregnancy. I didn't really know what it was at first. I thought it was maybe like a sunspot or a big freckle because I wasn't well-educated on hyperpigmentation. But based on my research and the place that I go for my facials, one of the best laser treatments is called IPL and it's intense pulsed light. So basically it's like you're, it's pulsing light, which is delivering heat and it's breaking up the melanin and the blood vessels on your skin and it will literally dissolve them. So they won't come like that one won't come back. But again, I think based on what your goals are, you definitely need to ask about laser treatments because there are some where you, it'll just be one quick treatment, but it might, it might take a long time. But then there are others where you might need like six to eight treatments. So that can, the cost for that can go up dramatically. So that's another reason why I haven't usually done it is because I'm usually going to get a facial like when I have just the one hour to do it and then I'll come back in two months. So I do a facial every other month. And I think that that also has really helped my skin with like the texture, um, the plumpness, if you will, the, I don't know, the, like the look of my skin, the feel of my skin, even when I don't have makeup on anymore, I do feel like I have good like bounce to my skin. I don't have a ton of dark circles. I obviously have some like issues with my skin, but who doesn't? So let's switch gears for a second and talk about what your appointment actually looks like from the time that you book to the time that you come in. So depending, again, I go to Art of Beauty in Danville. I think that in Danville, California, just to confirm. So depending on who your provider is, there are also times when you can actually be seen really quickly. I would say that that's not a bad sign. Um, I do think that there are always, like some. sometimes I feel like you feel like, oh, I've really got someone that's 
hard to book with, so they must be really good. Yes, of course that's the case. But also they see a lot of patients in a day. And if you're really good at what you do, then you might be able to see more patients than less. And especially if you see the same recurring patients, you kind of get to understand what they want, what they need, and you can work with them to get them in and out relatively quickly. So like if they're coming in on a lunch break or they're coming in between calls or whatever the case may be. So you book your appointment, you identify who you're going to be seeing. You can ask questions in advance like, okay, can you, can you send me or tell me any information about them? What are their qualifications? I'm really interested to make sure that I'm seeing the right provider. This is my first time, or this is my first time here. I was recommended by XYZ whatever the case may be. When you get in, they're gonna do, you're basically gonna check in for your appointment and then you're gonna go in the room and once they come in, they're gonna ask you like, so I know that your appointment, it says that we wanted to do filler and Botox today, like tell me what you're looking for. And then they're basically gonna have you hold up a mirror and you're gonna talk to them about all of the areas that you really want to do something around. Like, well, you know, these two, my two lines in between my eyebrows really bother me they're pretty deep now like how what would i need to do to get rid of them completely or you know to eliminate them to the best degree with you know they might be too deep like how do i get rid of them or how do i soften them is the word that i was looking for so you basically go through like well i'm here because i'm interested in doing all of these things but i'm really interested in you know i'm interested in lip filler, but I'm really not sure which one to choose, but here's what my goal is. I also think that it's super important if you have an idea of someone that you think looks good or lips that you really like or someone online who you think has really great skin or great lips, I would bring those photos in, like save them to your Instagram and show your provider and say like, this is kind of the look that I'm going for. You know, this is someone who I follow and she mentioned that she's had this. Would I be a candidate for this sort of thing? So you can ask them all of the questions and they'll be able to answer everything for you. From there, based on whatever you're going to get done, then they'll numb you in that area. So like, let's say that you're going to get lip filler, for instance, they'll basically take a, like a popsicle stick, put it in the numbing cream and just rub it all over your lips. You can also ask them to numb you in the areas that you're gonna get Botox if you're really afraid of feeling the needles. But I will tell you, they're super small needles. For me, I have no fear of needles and I have a really high pain tolerance. So I don't find that it's that painful. However, I will say there are some areas on my face that are much more painful than others. And one thing that I found is that the left side of my face for lips, for Botox or whatever, is much more sensitive than my right. So I ask them to double numb my lips on the left side because it always hurts me so bad where it's hard not to flinch and your eyes will just fill up with tears and start watering. I know that does not sound appealing, but that, is literally what happens to me. So then they'll leave you in the room for a little bit to make sure that the numbing cream actually sets in. And obviously if you're double numbing anything, then they're gonna leave you in the room a little bit longer. And then she'll come back in and she'll basically tell you, okay, like, are you ready to go? Traditionally, they'll lean your seat back a little bit. They'll ask you to potentially move your head this way, move your head this way so that they can get better access to the specific area of your face that they're gonna be working on. The actual appointment itself will last, like when you actually start with, if let's say you're just getting Botox, that's literally a max five to 10 minute appointment. And that's if you're getting a lot. If you're getting a tiny bit of Botox, let's say just for the 11s in between your eyes, that will take you like a minute and a half, two minutes. Um, and 
if you're doing, let's say you're doing a number of units on your face and you're also of Botox and then you also wanted to do filler on your lips, top and bottom, and then filler, let's say on your cheeks to kind of enhance your cheekbones. If you feel like your face is kind of starting to sink or you feel like you just need a little bit, a little bit more oomph or you want to do some um, in your smile lines, that will take you a little bit longer. So I would plan for the actual like procedure part itself taking anywhere from like 15 to 25 minutes plus your wait time talking with your provider. So that's going to end up being a decent, like a 30 to 45 minute appointment, depending on what you're getting done. When it comes to price, so you're looking at like $7.95 for a full syringe of filler, of one of the thinner fillers. For Botox, Per unit, you'll be looking at anywhere from like 12 to 18 is what I would say is like regular. So if you're getting 60 units, then you do the math because um, I can't do it for you. So that's kind of what an appointment will look like. You will be swollen. It's going to look like little tiny bug bites across your face where you did Botox. One tip is that there's this pill called Arnica and it's basically going to help you it's going to basically help your blood relax i don't honestly know exactly what it does but i take it every time before my appointment because it's supposed to help eliminate swelling and eliminate you bruising if you're getting lip filler you're likely going to bruise especially if it's the very first time that you've ever had it like you are going to leave there feeling like a duck feeling like you have two floaties on your face you're going to feel like you're drooling like you can barely talk for at least one day it is going to be obvious if you're on a bunch of zoom calls people will notice if you don't see people you might be fine because it takes multiple days yes multiple days for it to go down so if you have a big event like you're going to get married or whatever definitely do not do your lip filler days in advance that would be something i would recommend like months to weeks in advance at the least so just be mindful there on on occasion they'll send you home with this cute little like um what's it called uh okay i'm blanking on the word but it's an ice pack they'll send you home with like a cute a cute little ice pack that you can kind of put on and i used to use that like in the car on my way home and then you can also keep it in the fridge or sorry keep it in the freezer usually it's literally like the size of lips like big lips but it's just a cute super small like a few inches and you can keep it in the freezer for like anything especially if you have kids it's a nice little like a boo-boo bunny type of thing if they ever get hurt and you need to ice something so that covers most of what i think is really important to know um i i'm hoping that if anyone has any questions that you can definitely feel comfortable coming to me but i do think that this is a topic that people just aren't covering very much and so i wanted to be totally open and honest I'm not someone that I feel like at this point in my life really feels like I need to hide anything. So if this was helpful at all, I totally want to hear from you. And thanks so much for listening. This has been another episode of Kylie Says. Tune in next week, Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific for another episode. See ya! See ya!